Tonight, Factor Pussy faces the music. <laughs> While his South African minder simply does his lolly, Australia's new look batting lineup hits the Adelaide Nets for the first time. The Kangaroos back on top of the world while the Wallabies continue their winning run. No splitting the Maroons and the Blues in an A-League state of origin. And the King of the Kings, Josh Powell, joins us. It's the show that embraces all forms of ball tampering. The Backpage Live. Wanted to run around in the baggy green. Want to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think we're not strong enough, but we just beat the world. Their senses are dulled. I got pressed in the back of the head regularly. It's just unfortunate it was from the coach. G'day everybody, welcome to the show. So much good stuff to get to, so let's jump straight in with Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Hello and welcome to you both. And on this side, two unknown objects called Ryan Fitzgerald and Jules Schiller. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm very excited about what is on offer this evening. It turns out the Fafta Plessy Lollygate had turned into a never-ending gobstopper. <laughs> uh, till just seconds ago, it seemed that no decision would be made on that ball-tampering charge. It had been heard since 4 o'clock this afternoon and continue right up to the last few seconds. Uh, but Crash Craddock, you've been on the phone like during election coverage. Uh, what are people in the field telling you? <laughs> Waiting for confirmation, Tony, but we're hearing that Faf Duplessis has been fined. A journalist are tweeting that now, which is interesting. And there's one thing this proves. The old ICC, you can always back him to take the path of least resistance. Yep. I mean, he's been done before. He should have been banned if he's found guilty. Yep. And the, the evidence was absolutely overpowering. If we were doing a spoof on ball tampering for our show... A spoof. That a spoof, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that's really tampering. <laughs> well, that's what, that's, what, what, that's what ends up happening if you tamper with them too much. <laughs> I was going... I had a really strong first 30 seconds then. You were just warming up. Yeah, I was. You were just Move warming on. up. No, I'm back in serious mode. <laughs> what, what I was saying is this. If, if they're not going to take action on that, 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 you know, I mean, how much evidence do you need? So should he have got a game? Oh, of course he should have. But the ICC, look, there was rumours in South Africa that some of the team members didn't even want to play if he was given a band, and it could have yeah. got really serious really quickly. They've reacted to that. I mean, this the game was on trial here, Tony, yeah. and you can argue the merits of ball tampering and all that, and lollies and say it's nothing... But you either take a stance on it or you don't, and they backed away from That's it. exactly right. You can argue whether, in fact, what he did deserves a fine or, or, in fact, to be suspended. You can't argue his innocence or guilt, I wouldn't have thought, given that the pictures show pretty clearly what was going on. What you can argue is that once you start to go down this road... There is. Look, you, obviously, you the lolly and a little no, bit of upchuck as well. There's no question down. that he's putting, like, um, sugar-coated juice or whatever on the ball. He's but, got a crown mint. Yeah, but how do you, how do you stop a player putting an artificial substance on a ball. Do you stop them showering? Um, sunscreen? No, sunscreen? Sunscreen. Do you? What if they bathed in minty juice? Mm. Or you brought up an aftershave? How do you stop it, Crash? Look, some crimes are worse than others. If Dennis Compton or Keith Miller were here, they would burst out laughing in the old days of using brill cream on your hands <laughs> and, and then on the ball. But there's never been one quite as blatant as that. He knew the risk. He so, knew so the rule is getting filmed doing it. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. No, and yeah. I, I'm far less offended by what he did than how he behaved after it. it. When you know you're cornered in life, the one way out is contrariness and this, isn't it? And that's what he did. His behaviour since then has been appalling. Yeah, well, yeah. So you've started with a spoof and a, and a middle <laughs> finger tonight. <laughs> Have you gone rogue on the second <laughs> no. of the last <laughs> <of> year? <laughs> 
<laughs> it is a shame that it has turned nasty and spiteful, though, and I agree with you, Crash, the way that the South African team have handled it. It's almost like they're the victims and this us-against-them mentality arriving in Adelaide Airport, and we'll get to that in a minute, but just the way that they surrounded him with this wall and... Uh, I've just admired how they've gone about yeah. it, the series so far, in the field. I mean, the well, way they've been able to back and, and do... But it's just this disappointing innocent that journalist uh, walking along, and here, this is the security guard, uh, and this is just incredibly heavy-handed, no, I would have thought. Like Port, Port, Port Adelaide's picked him up. He's on the rookie <laughs> list. Um, you know what? He's making a name for himself. Good on him. for ke He kept trying. And to be fair, a Channel 9 journalist, you never know if they're going to interview you or abduct you. <laughs> You've got heaps of skin. Yeah, next, next thing you know, he'll be doing Neighbours from Hell and Love Rats on a current affair, so that, good on yeah. you. That's, um, that's excessive and unnecessary from the team manager. I mean, you yes. can't go hitting reporters like that or a bit of biffo or whatnot. The probably a little bit out of place as well. Yeah. I think... But I think a little yep. bit on both sides, yep. and probably yeah. as a journalist, I've been in that situation many times before. Yep. You you don't want to make yourself the story, oh, oh. and you're sticking the mic under his nose to even get a no comment. That's yep. that's mm. what a television journal is trying to do. But he did give a bit of argy bargy, and at the end of the day, as a journalist, you don't want to be the story. Yeah, he just went a bit too far, Will Krause, didn't he? Like, and but look, the South Africans have handled this so badly. Yep. Every time they get a ball tampering accusation, it just drives them insane. And, and they go overdrive and make something which is this big. Guys have had ball tampering accusations against them before, have been quickly fined 25% and it's disappeared well, by this volcanic reaction. It's yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely right, Crash. And the statement from the Proteus team management, I reckon, was just hilarious. What about this bit? To the reporter, uh, who also had no official credit, accreditation, don't know you needed an airport, <laughs> uh, then proceeded to lunge towards FAF with an unknown object. Also known as a microphone. <laughs> yeah, I, I talk into an unknown object every day. I still don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about whip for later. That's over the top. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. But they have done this. Remember when Melbourne Storm and the players strode out onto that field to mark their solidarity yes. after they'd lost a couple of premierships? Yeah. It was huge and it had an enormous impact. Well, the South Africans did the same, except it ended up looking and sounding lame. The reason everybody is here is to, sh is to stand together, really, and show solidarity to what has been something that was really, what we thought was actually a joke. It's not April, but uh, the allegations against FAF was, was really a facet, really ridiculous thing. I've had sweets in my mouth, bubblegum in my mouth, bull tongue, nuts. I'm not sure what the big deal is for me. It's actually, to a lot of people, it's sounding like more like sour sweets than other uh, sour sweets for people in their heads, maybe that we've played really good cricket. I love Quinton de Kock next to him, like Donald Trump's little kid trying to stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> That's and three o'clock in the morning. And then further behind them, Coach Russell Domingo yep. smirking. Like, uh, that press conference really set me off because I just thought... That's taking the mickey. I mean, you've been caught red-handed and you're trying to bluff your way out of it by getting the holy man of the team, the guy who's the most innocent and, and really good soul there, who handled it appallingly because he's, he's shocking at media manipulation, Hashim yeah. Ampla. Well, like, when, it's when, just a farce. When there's that many South Africans around you, that's, that's called a carjacking. You've got to give up your car <laughs> and just get out of there. But <laughs> if anyone's uh, watching this just... from a media agency, that's how you make a small incident and you can't have it both ways. You can't handled. Well, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, "Oh, we're laughing it off. It's a joke," and you're flanked by thirty people. Yeah. And just to wrap up, it wasn't the Australians 
who made this claim. It wasn't it's the ICC. No. So blaming the Australian cricketers or the public, indeed, is absolutely wrong. So the story of South Africa's brutal assault on the media is just pipped, though, the Australian selectors' brutal assault on their own test team. <laughs> uh, the Aussie dressing room in Adelaide. would like that show First Dates. Very. <laughs> I, I think they've got to pull most of these guys out of schooling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so but young. but this, this is great, Tony. This is exactly what we need. And it's not like these boys don't have statistics, because at the moment they're just... We need to pick batsmen that are batting really well. That's true. Form actually comes into it. And we've mentioned, and Ian Chappell said it last week, the idea of going for the youth and sticking with them. Now, that, I guess, is a question whether that will happen. It, it is, but there's a reason why this is the most changes in 132 years, because it just... It's no way to run a cricket team. I mean, I, I saw England do it in the 1990s, and I like most of their changes here, but you can only do this about once every 20 years, because it, it just creates... Half of these blokes won't survive, and you know what we are then? We're back to where we started. I think the selectors were damned if they do, damned if they don't, mm. but they had to do something. Oh, yeah. the move and they for haven't necessarily... Uh, I don't know whether the priority was going to, with, for, uh, with youth, but I totally agree with what Fitzy says. They've gone with form. They've mm. gone with the players yep. that are showing form. They have, but are they that good? I mean, they didn't have many options. Like, a guy like Nick Maddinson, nice to see him in there, but he averages 38. I mean... Cricket doesn't work upside down much where a guy who's a so-so shield player suddenly becomes a test star. What about the mindset of a young guy that's going in with really... I mean, those uh, cricketers that are going out in Hobart, they just look like they had they so did. much to they lose. They you did. throw a young gun in and, there who's fearless. And I only just got used to Joe Manny, and now you've thrown Chad... What, Chad Chad Sayers. Double D Sayers. Is Sayers. he a cricketer or a guitarist for whites? <laughs> <laughs> Chad Sayers! No, he's got he's an Adelaide specialist. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the interim chairman of selectors, Trevor Haynes, now he believes... It's not just the players who have to do a job, uh, so does the Australian public. We accept that a lot of the criticism that has come our way has been warranted. However, I ask that everybody take a deep breath and give this new team a bit of space. We need every, everyone to get behind these blokes to encourage and help them in what is going to be a, a very testing time for them. It's quite valid. We'll give them a go unless they get pumped in this test and it's all over. That's the way of it. That's the way of it. Here's, though, I love this. Anybody who gets a baggy grin, it's an amazing moment. But this is the moment that Matthew Renshaw, he's 20, his parents got the news. They were at the cricket. Look at that. The dad and mum. Isn't that beautiful? It no, is. I think, I think they've just been informed that Cricket Australia are sending them to Adelaide on Tiger Air. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and crash their poms. I mean, yeah. he, he was born in England. He and does. His favourite player is Alistair Cook, and he has admitted that he, for the first ten years of his life, he barracked for England. Yeah, it's incredible. And even right down to the umpire who's standing in the game, Matt Renshaw, uh, Richard Kellebra, captained his, his dad, Ian Renshaw. I tell you one thing, rap. I've got to give Matt Renshaw. Last Thursday, and a week ago, he's playing club cricket, helping out in the Turnbull Canteen at the cricket club. Last Thursday, we went really big on him in the Courier-Mail. Ben Dorries wrote the story, front page, back page. This kid is probably one innings away. When you do that with the batsman, they always fail. Yes. He's come out and said, I like this. Thanks for the push, boys. Slap down 100, slap down a 50. 50 yeah. You talked about the other guys who are paralysed mm -hmm. by fear, and that's true. This kid seems free, so that's why I think he's good. I, I felt sorry for Callum Ferguson, obviously, one test and he was gone. But if he'd have got a 50 in the Shield game, he would have still been there as well. They needed to perform under that pressure. I, I do feel for these kids like Bancroft, Ferguson and Burns, and you can see it dripping off from that anxiety where 
it just almost renders them mm. shotless because it means too much. So Renshaw's just swooped in beautifully at the last minute. And Peter Hanscom from Victoria, obviously he was the first name in black ink after he scored that double century against New South Wales. Then, of course, he brilliantly got himself out to the captain's bowling, which always helps <laughs> yes. when you're trying to get into the team. <laughs> uh, but he, he looks another good kid, and they want people who can actually occupy the crease. That's the key thing. Yeah, it's a good player. And what I love about this whole thing, look at the animation in our cricket chat tonight. Yep. And it, it's, it's back in the bars, yep. it's back in the water yes. coolers. People mm. are talking cricket again. Got to say, I love it, because two weeks ago we were saying, it's just missing cricket chat this summer. Now it's everywhere. But you're right. It's like the Hunger Games, though, Crash. There's only two of these four players who are going to survive, really, yeah. aren't they? There's, yeah. a, there's a couple that will make a mark and then a couple that will never we'll hear of again. Murdered. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> the fact that it's a, a day-night pink ball game has kind of almost been lost with all the other argy-bargy and the carnage that's gone on. Now, the wicketkeeper is a big story. He's revealed, of course, Matthew Wade, that he is colourblind. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm not sure that selectors knew that. Uh, he says he finds it difficult to pick up at first, but it's something he's got to work on. How can you work on colour blindness overnight? I'm not sure. Here he is. Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> oh, that's a struggle. There's a pink this ball. is Matthew today, so come on, please catch this. Oh, one. No. <laughs> so, what, what does he see, Crash? Well, 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 yeah, he's restricted he in how he sees the pink future ball. Future in Sheffield Shields. <laughs> but, but not only that, this is a really difficult uh, test for wicket keepers. I must say that was the one change I didn't agree with. I think Peter Neville's got beautiful hands. I'd have kept with him. He's been brought, brought back, Wade, as a verbal enforcer. Yeah. The other day I was talking to Kepler Vessels, who was commentating in South Africa when Wade was really sledging the Aussies, and he said, mate, he's dead straight, Kepler. He said, I thought it was some of the most mindless psycho babble rubbish I've ever heard in my entire life. He said, sledging can be effective, but when it's so bad, it's almost works against you. So I hope he's got his tongue in order, you know. Yeah. But look, he's worked hard, so good luck to him. I hope he does pick it up, because otherwise it might be a long stop there, like there's an under 12 behind him. <laughs> Shane Warne can do whatever he wants, obviously. Uh, here he is at it again. He's here with uh, Michael Slater and Kevin Peterson. There's Slats uh, in Hobart. Without seatbelts, oh, uh, there's, he, uh, there's KP looking good. Uh, Nana, Mark Taylor driving the car, obviously buckled up completely. Has there been a result from this? Yeah, I think they've been fine, $300 each. And I think the four blondes that were in the boot as well were, were not. They, were, they weren't wearing seatbelts as well and they've been arrested. Well, I was, <laughs> was going to say, Warney's probably strapped himself into a few beds. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just doesn't do it in cars. You mentioned one. I said don't talk about it. I said don't, don't talk about it. No, 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 no. The conversation that we had in the... Because Tony goes, doesn't Tubby Taylor, because he was driving, doesn't he get into trouble because the boys didn't have the seatbelt on? And I said, no, 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 because they're responsible. And it's and Tony said, well, it happens with kids. Yeah. And everyone went, yeah, well, I suppose Warney was in the back. And he said, yeah. <laughs> England have been rolled by world number one team, India, but it was ugly from the outset for Jimmy Bairstow. I love this, skipping onto the ground. Miss the day seeing batsmen come out hungover, don't you? <laughs> 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 That's straight back off. That was a beautiful beautiful moment because they just had their team huddle and had all the, rice. let's get into it, let's go boys. <laughs> and he goes, oh hang on, boys, I beat you something wrong. I mean a bit of strife here. I, I must be colourblind. <laughs> what a way to start the day. Like a hammy, but it, he twisted his ankle. Yeah, but he was okay, came out and, and yes. played. Sports the... science though, isn't it? This wouldn't happen without sports science. Warming up, psychological about mm, Yeah. The highlight though, that wasn't a highlight for me from that game. It, it came with the arrival uh, of the dog. 
Uh, I, I just do love a dog on a field in a big match. Uh, it also, look, it, it, it made a little political statement. <laughs> <laughs> Chase it with a shoe, well, that's going to work. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, just fine for not no, I'm just glad, I'm glad it wasn't a South African game because <laughs> Faf probably would have used it on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Most clean. Yeah. Uh, I love it. They had to go to an early tea. That's how difficult. They couldn't remove it at all. I think Unlike... we might have to. <laughs> <laughs> Still with animals interrupting sporting <laughs> events. What about this in the US? Now, this is a run. Look. Oh, oh. that's just a deer. That is unbelievable. They're, yeah, well, it, it's, it's not all red noses and, you know, here we go. They're filming the sequel to The Deer Hunter, <laughs> The Deer, the deer <laughs> Runner. It can obviously scary, you know, it's not like I said, shiny red noses dashing through the snow with your deer. Uh, remember this one? This is called The Red Heart of Beast. Uh, and a oh. guy riding along on the bike quite oh. That's that our Sydney mark... motorist treat bike bicyclist. That one mark of a year, I no, think. No, no, he died, but uh, oh. no, it was okay. He was, of course, he was. Uh, this is also great. This is the elk. Remember him? The bloke running with the dog. And uh, oh, uh, oh, looks, what should I do? I don't know. Try to run faster. Which apparently is not the right thing to do, Jules. Uh, on... <laughs> and the great thing about this story is we don't know the end of it because they both go around the corner. <laughs> I've never seen it again. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Spieth has won his second Australian Open and climbed the Sydney Harbour Bridge. How Aussie can you get? Look, he, this kid plays great golf. Three metre putt on the first playoff hole to win it. Amazing story, Tony. Uh, about an hour after this, he went and spoke to the volunteers and they said to him, you're a genius. How do you sink putts like that under pressure? And he said, I'll tell you something I didn't even tell the press conference. It was an unmissable putt. I couldn't miss the putt. Straight up. Yeah, and, and they said, how's that? He said, because it was in a valley. He said, I looked at it, and my caddy looked at it, and he said, oh, that'll go left to right. And I said, oh, I thought it'd go right to left. And he said, mate, that means it's a valley. I could hit this anywhere, and it has to go in. It has to go towards the hole. So he said, everyone's thinking, oh, how'd you read that? He said... Any of you could have sunk that putt. It was unmissable. It was still clutch, though. And yeah. it, it, Jordan Spieth is as good on the greens as Robert Allenby is on the turps. <laughs> <laughs> it was just... What, why are we so happy that Spieth won? Have Ashley Hall and Cameron Smith had it mm. too good for too long and we just want to see them get... A couple of young Aussies, yeah. Yeah, why did... I mean, you, you is it just because we mm. need internationals at this it, tournament? It's, it's a great point you make. Because the, these guys are yeah. battlers, they're Aussies and... Yeah. Yeah. Yay, Spieth. Smith's never won a tournament, even though he's a star. And Hall's just the battler. So that player had everyone, everything. The star, the rising star, and the battler. So yeah, technically we should have been cheering for the others. But we? he's won before, Spieth. He'll come back again. It is obviously great for the crowds as well. And he's, and he's almost Australian. Uh, <laughs> when she's snowboarding, Tora Bright it is a danger only to herself. Uh, when she's got a golf club in her hand, though, <clears throat> this is a charity hole in one. Uh, a, a cool. oh! Not so good at a long chasing score. Nearly killed that camera. Oh, that's the best thing about golf, isn't it? <laughs> that's a hole in two, I think. <laughs> and after that, John Daly took a trick shot off her. <laughs> <laughs> have we got that footage? <laughs> we haven't got that. Not this time. Not this time. Uh, golf ball spotters are usually a fairly sedate lot. You know, the local club members, they find a ball, stick up a flag. Not so in the Philippines, where it's a far more exciting affair uh, where the ball goes into the rough. Somebody's got to find it. Uh, here she goes. She's found the ball. Oh, look at this. <laughs> Back onto the fairway. It doesn't end there, Crash. Here she goes. 
I found Paul. That's Peter. <laughs> <laughs> he's not so happy. You know it's somewhere. But he's thinking, how am I going to get it out of there, you know? <laughs> a ball, a ball. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> the proper world order has been restored with Australia regaining the number one rugby league ranking after hammering New Zealand in the Four Nations final at Anfield. Gee, they played great footy the entire tournament, the Kangaroos under Mal Meninga. Kiwis, on the other hand, were struggled throughout. This team, they're just playing good footy. Mal Meninga has now won his first six tests and, Crash, having a look at this side, there seems to be nothing but absolute respect for him in that coaching position. And the most significant part of all this was before they left home. Mal said, hey, I'm having a no-bullfed policy. There was no Fafita. There was no Robbie Farah. There was no Paul Gallen. Radradra. There was no Wayne Bennett. No Wayne <laughs> 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 and because of that, like he said, if they're happy, they'll just win. So he's down at breakfast mixing with players. They did all the little things and just said, hey, all you've got to do with the rep team of this talent is keep them happy. Whereas Tim Sheen's a previous coach, very intense. Mm. So just a victory for common sense, really. Yeah, and out of that, of course, Jason Tamalolo from the Kiwis, the Dally M uh, winner, he and Valentine Holmes apparently flying not back to Australia but back to uh, the United States. Not a real tryout for the NFL, but they're going to do some physical stuff and some scouts can have a little look at them. There's no physical action going on in terms of con contested play, but it's look for the future, perhaps. This is fascinating, and Tamalolo's the one that Seattle apparently are very interested in just yeah. having a look at. They like Tane. It's just, look, it's hard for these guys. They'll have mm. to give up a lot to make it Australian money-wise, 800000 a year. But a guy, maybe Tamalolo can succeed where Hayne failed as a running back because he's just a bit bigger and stronger to power through those gaps. So he's out of the two. He'd be the one more likely Tell to make it. Tell you what, if you're his club, their club team, you wouldn't want them to get injured. <laughs> I know you yeah. said it's yeah. all contacts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but you would say it's more testing, wouldn't it's you? It's just yeah. testing. Exactly. It's testing to see what they're like. Yeah. All right, here's how uh, you negotiate contract extensions in the NFL. Uh, Washington's quarterback, Kirk Cousins, played great. Then he confronted the club's general manager on the sideline. <laughs> how do you like me now? How do you like me now? Rubs him on the head. <laughs> that was the exact same speech I said to Rodney Eade after my five-on debut. <laughs> <laughs> Work, did it? <laughs> oh, Rodney, there's only one one more week of the year left, Rodney. You'll get one more mention. <laughs> Overzealous celebration is rubbish, but how does this bit of work after a touchdown in the NFL deserve... Look at this. This gets a 15-yard penalty, lies down, pretends to have a nap. $12,000 fine, 15-yard penalty. Because you're not allowed to celebrate on the ground. What? Oh, oh, that's oh, ridiculous. Is that why they're always twerking and breakdancing? Correct. You can't... What, what's the... I don't know. Somebody must have done something inappropriate at some point. But you're okay. not allowed to do it on the ground. That cost him $12,000. Ridiculous. All right, this guy spent uh, time on the ground too, but uh, he wasn't celebrating. Uh, have a very close look at him. Uh, there he goes. Once again, I can get across here and... Oh, he's a big boy, isn't he? Oh, come on, let's be honest. It's only a sound guy. I mean... Yeah, the cameraman probably pushed him into it. <laughs>
And the audio of his nose being broken was crystal clear. <laughs> <laughs> to rugby and the Wallabies snuck past France at the weekend, winning a close one while resting key players for their tilt at a Grand Slam, which continues, of course, at the weekend against Ireland. This is a terrific try in the corner. Wow. They look good. They obviously rested quite a few players because uh, this didn't count in terms of the Grand Slam. So, Crash, we went Miracle Mike, Mediocre Mike, and I think it went down to Malevolent Mike. Are we back at Mediocre Mike? With yeah, what he's mid-range Mike. Mid-range Mike now. And I'm very happy to give him a wrap. They've been terrific. Three yes. weeks in a row. Kelly mentioned about a month ago, she said, does playing the All Blacks have any good thing going... Uh, any, anything fallout for it? And the answer is, it hardens you up a bit. They've gone to there after being flogged by the All Blacks, but they're toughened up, playing really well. And at a time when our cricket team's struggling for resilience, they've played in three different countries in three different weeks. And, Tony, they've really aimed up, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And David Pocock, he played at seven. He captained the side as well. He's just an inspirational figure. And at number seven, which he doesn't get to do most of the time when Michael Hooper's there, look at this tackle is extraordinary from this bloke. He just never gives up. Oh, there he is. So desperate. He's so yeah. good, isn't he? And don't we just it's love like in sport people, players, and, when they're uh, given the responsibility yep. to thrive the on the big stage? Out. And that is just... Absolutely. Like a journalist at Adelaide Airport. <laughs> <laughs> Desperately. Well, how long, but Tony, how long have we got to go with him? A month ago, and then he's off. He's taken a sabbatical for uh, a, a year. Yeah, exactly. But he's, he, gonna he be will missed. Be, he's just a great player, great person. All right, for skill and the element of surprise, none of the internationals featured anything better than this. I just love it. Just thinking outside the uh, the square and oh, uh, over the top. It doesn't end there, Kel. Uh, and it goes the length <laughs> of the field. How crap the opposition? Yeah, no, there, even, there is an 80-year-old guy at number 14, but that doesn't matter. Sponsored by Christy Cream. There's no one moving. No, no one's chasing. <laughs> was, that the, was, the, was the other team doing the mannequin trap or something? Or? I don't think so. Coming up, though, the Sydney Kings, Josh Powell joins us. All the controversy from the A-League and the pitch invader who took his daughter along for the ride. Sydney versus Brisbane disguised as New South Wales v Queensland. Do you think that state of origin theme worked? It was a great game of football. It was a good game. I mean, Brisbane doesn't have a derby and they've worked so well for Sydney and Melbourne in the A-League, so I guess they're trying to get some kind of rivalry going. You'd think if it was origin, like Western Sydney would be better than Sydney FC, 
um, to get that origin theme, but it was a great game. But you've got to have the colours, you've got to have the sky blue. Yeah, I know, and the maroon. But I loved it. it. I thought it was great. Yeah. The strip looked fantastic. And the A-League this year just continues to deliver well, I, I was just that controversy, that... the drama, the yeah. emotion. It's had it all. But the first half of that, Sydney FC looked better than the Socceroos in terms of you know, well, enjoyment is... and watching them. Oh. I mean, this is the argument with the Socceroos. We've got all these great international players who are playing zero minutes virtually for their clubs, yet yeah, we, we're growing this great domestic competition which, and the players aren't going to play for the Socceroos. It's a good argument, that game. A lot of players overseas are saying how underrated the A-League is. Like, it's a bloody good competition. And as you say, Kel, plenty of controversy in the A-League at the moment. Uh, and, of course, this week was all about the phantom yellow card. Did Ryan Grant cop one early in this incident? Or was it just the ref getting the gun out and not actually firing the bullet off? Because there's the yellow card. It's, it's like mum getting the wooden spoon out, you know, yeah. drawing the drawing you're going, here it is, here it is. So he's just obviously just, he's drawn it, but he hasn't issued it. You see him walk away here and so puts it back in. So what's the rule, Jules? You've, well, you've got to show the card, yep. it's a dramatic, and then you've got to record the number. So yep. he didn't do either of those. Because if that had been a yellow card, clearly he gets a second here. That would have been a second, which is an automatic red, which is what John Lewis is saying there. Yeah. Has there been a bit at the moment of when these re the referees, and I don't know whether the referee was right or wrong there, certainly it was confusing, uh, but a lot of the coaches are absolutely having a crack at the referees at the moment, the standard of refereeing. I don't think that the standard of refereeing is any is different to any other season of the A-League. I just think the pressure is getting on the coaches more. The, there's pressure on the players. This is Adelaide. This is the, he, this actually is Gia Moore yeah. who, who actually, uh, actually touches the foot. He did, couldn't even use the, I'm a European man, I like to get touchy-feely with other men. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. See, that's not violent, but you, I mean, everyone, no-one should touch... A referee, no, ever. whatever the sport league. is, no, everyone even, knows the rules. Even so, women shouldn't touch them. No, yeah, that's no. right. I think they need a respect for refs round. I think they've overstepped the mark. And I, like, I love the drama of all the coaches and everything, but all it does at the end of the day is puts more pressure on the refs. So then any little you know, mistake that they make, and they're human, they're going to make mistakes, is picked up and then sort of blown and the up. the crowd gets into them That's exactly more. right. And the fans are going to the game, they're aware of it. It just, yep. it just pours so much pressure on the refs. Yeah. All right, it was a, a dodgy decision to disallow Karen Bullitt's first, uh, his goal for the Wanderers, was his first of the season, but it was a celebration of the non-goal <laughs> that I liked the best there. He puts it in, he, he was called offside, he didn't know it, because he actually wasn't offside. <laughs> you should have timed this, Tony, because yeah. it felt like it went forever, the celebration. It's, it's like... If you meet a really good girl at a nightclub and you go and tell your mate she's really into me and she's creeping away <laughs> as, as, oh, no. as you're doing that. You, you speak about that, Jules, as if it's very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> probably happened about three hours. <laughs> but yeah, Paul, he's, he's offside so often and the one time that he isn't offside and he scores, he gets it disallowed. Yeah. That's the second time the Wanderers have copped the wrong end of a refereeing decision with a penalty tonight against Victory. So Popovich... Kept his trap shut this time, but he's got a right and to that be angry. Offside ref as well has gone into a witness protection. Tim <laughs> <which is good laughs> Cahill uh, got back on the scorer sheet for Melbourne City uh, at the weekend. Pity he wasn't doing uh, something like that for the Socceroos in Thailand, but uh, there he is. Uh, a neatly worked goal there, and of course he goes and neatly works the corner post as ever. Uh, he has. He hasn't struggled, but obviously his highlights have been, you know, a little bit sparse. Well, it was, it was a stunning opener, it wasn't was. it, yeah. um, in the derby? And then he, he missed a game through injury, and that's his second goal now from his six games. He's he's doing all right, I think. Yeah. He's got booed. Got booed no, by I the crowd. Like I don't, yeah, like, I don't it. like it either. Um, you know, he's a champion, and he's doing a lot to promote the league. But then again, I think they're more booing because their goal was disallowed. But, you know, one thing that he has done, and we had AFL Grand Final with him for, with Fox Sports, is that the boys around... He has brought that 
that team together. Yep. And he really is such a leader, Tim yep. Cowell. The boys absolutely adore him. And it's team, team, team for him. He's yeah, such exactly. a team player. All right, uh, here's a tip, everybody. There can be pitfalls if you're going to wear a high-vis fluoro yellow strip. Um, Peterborough didn't think it through, obviously. Uh, he goes a pass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> security guy wearing the Ten minutes later, that cop went down and took the uh, corner. I think. <laughs> what a, the victory had a strip like that. Yeah, they, they did, had the yeah. blue yellow. They yeah, like urinal cake yellow. <laughs> In the EPL, uh, Sunderland were leading Hull City one nil at a ground known as the Stadium of Light. <laughs> Uh, somewhat inappropriately, as it turns out, uh, because as they went there. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing an exhibition game in Adelaide, I think. <laughs> they went on to win 3 0. Yeah, Very good there. The Stadium oh, of Light, beautiful work. Uh, as I said, they did get up 3 0 despite the darkness. All right, I've said it before, I'll say it again don't invade the pitch. But if you must, and you want to avoid getting pummeled by security, Take a small child with you. Now, you're about to see uh, one another Father of the Year nominee. Uh, there he is, the bottom of the frame there. Just wanted to enjoy Manchester City's win over Crystal Palace and decided to take the daughter on with him. Jules, it's just... Oh, I think that's one of the most genius things I've ever seen. Because the next time he wants to go to his football, he's going to say, I'm going to the football with my mates. His wife's going to say, you're not taking a child with you. Did they book him at the end? Did he get away with it? Uh, yeah, uh, no one, no, none of the security guards wanted to tackle him, obviously, because yeah, he had his yeah. daughter and he's, it's not a bad ploy. All right, warning, uh, if you watch this bit, you'll never be able to unsee it. Uh, this fan... Look, she actually moves pretty well, but she does go on a little bit with the dance. Uh, Kel, do you like the, uh, the good moves, though? I haven't seen this, Tony. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. enthusiastic. That's... That's gross. So, yeah. do you think Madonna's she's a mum? She was going to say, is she a mum? Yeah, is there a, a child out there going, oh, mum? Yeah, mom. absolutely. She, she moved several seats away, obviously, from mum. Uh, those who are watching at home are absolutely horrified right now <laughs> as I saw it. Which, as you'd expect, leads us into this week's top five moments you wish you hadn't brought mum to the game. <laughs> brought to you by Kia. Oh, no. Yum. <laughs> Uh, look, we start at the uh, AFL. And look, there's a mum. Look, you can see in the background. She gets a bit too close to the action. Oh. <laughs> this shot, you can see she tries to get on the way. It's just on it too quick. On it too quick. That's like yeah, Have a wait. Number four, uh, look, joining the kids for some nachos at the baseball yeah. isn't always the bonding experience you'd expect. <laughs> Where's the cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Number three, uh, getting on the turf with the kids can also be a bit hazardous. Look at it. Oh, no. Oh, there oh, she goes. Oh, <laughs> See, there she goes. Oh, 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 I love this. I'm sure the toilet was up here behind the side screen. It's a shortcut, don't worry about me. Here I go. I'm okay. Mum, come back down. 
Yes, there you go. Books, Mum, is it? Yeah. Top five reasons not to take oh. Mum along. Many, oh, many good judges have thought of sports scientist Stephen Dank as a hero. Oh, sorry, I was on drugs when I wrote that. <laughs> but the man himself says he's ready to work his magic for the Bombers and Joe Watson when in his case is heard. Oh, look, my most desired outcome, of course, is for everyone to be cleared. Um, now, unfortunately, players have served suspension, so you know, that time can't be given, given back to the players in relation to being back on the field. Um, you know, I think by the time we finish this hearing, Job will have his Brownlow back. I've, I've got no problems with that. Job will have his Brownlow God. back. Uh, well, to put it politely, I think Stephen Dank's pretty deluded if he thinks that Job's ever going to get his medal back. And as we've found so far, he's been full of lots of false promises. I mean, he was entitled to appeal his lifetime ban from worldwide sport and uh, he didn't arrive at his appeal yesterday. It's not the first time that he's been a, a no-show. And, I mean, there's only one man that can set the truth free, in a sense, isn't it? And it is Stephen Dank. And he has promised and he has promised and he is yet to deliver while everyone around him has absolutely Correct. fallen why apart. Why would he... If he says he can get these guys off, why wouldn't he have said something in all the opportunity that he's had? Why would he let them go through that path if he can prove they, in fact, took nothing illegal? That's the best question you've asked all year, Tony. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. a, My it's work it's here is done. <laughs> it's taken the second to last show yeah, of the year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 39. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, come on, it's not better than last year. And, we'll and I mean, you feel for Job as well, and um, yep. his coach, John Morsfold, speaking today, saying that he is really battling mentally. He was refreshed after spending some time in New York, being suspended for the year, he's come back to training. But since he's lost the Brownlow, or since he handed it back, he didn't realise how much it would affect him and that he's, he's suffered quite a setback. Where do you reckon Job is? Because in... in... The footage we see on television, he does look miserable, yeah, doesn't he? What do yeah. you think? Well, I think he, he... Speaking to people that are close to him, that he expected to return and hit the training track with the rest of his teammates and feel that love. And that love hasn't come yet. And I, I would think that he would be weighing up whether he does play on next year. Wow. All right. Mm. OK. Andy Murray has cemented his number one ranking with a convincing straight sets win over Novak Djokovic to also claim the World Tour Finals title. Uh, he played well. He looked good. And he certainly... Now he's going to carry that uh, number one ranking, Kel, into 2017. Yeah, what a great finale for the tennis season on the men's side because this was the last match for 2016 and it was a shootout. Whoever won the match claimed the world number one ranking and it was Andy Murray. So the balance in power has shifted between um, these two players. Murray waited seven years to move from world number two to world number one. Wow. And and I don't think there's a harder work, worker on the circuit and who's someone who's so driven... As what Andy what an Murray. infectious personality he has, though. <laughs> he makes Wayne Bennett look like Chris Rock. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that the point, Jules? Like, right. Kel talked about Stephen Dank setting the truth free. Yeah. You always talk about Andy Murray being behind the scenes, yeah. spontaneous. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great to just for once see him let himself free? You yeah. know, like just, just see the real Andy he's Murray. He's just naturally grumbly, isn't he? I, yeah. I, I, he sort of has that... Um, self-loathing in a sense, you know, always negative, always dark clouds when he's on a tennis court, but absolutely away from the court, he's relaxed and it's, it's a great rivalry, Tony, it that is. these two have created. Novak in this game, he, he had troubles though from, from the outset, um, including a spectator who just didn't try to improve the lighting for his photographs, uh, didn't even know he was doing the wrong thing until look, the dob was up behind. Look, here's the one. Then. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Coming up, he's won two NBA championships and is now making his mark in the NBL. Sydney Kings star Josh Powell joins us next. No time to rest. Well, I haven't seen this for years. This atmosphere in Sydney is unbelievable. Everyone's up on their feet. Winnington comes away with it. Three on two, Kadeem. Back to There are some players who are just have a unique ability to step on the court and make things happen immediately. Powell is out there now. Lish bounce back to Powell from inside three-point range. Now, little spin move. And it's quite a show, isn't it, tonight? Here's Powell up against Matt Knight. Well, he is unstoppable like that. Here he is, working underneath the bodies. Gets a rebound and puts it in. He's been dominant. He's a natural leader and he's just lifting this side. You can feel it. You reckon you might have a little something, something going on here a little bit more than... Come on, mate. Might need to work on those guns a little bit here. <laughs> City Kings have been dragged from the floor last season to the top of the tree, thanks in no small part to Power Ford and two-time NBA champion Josh Powell. Hello and welcome to the show. Welcome. Uh, we're obviously going to get into your uh, amazing career, but you've been here for a little while now. Have you got your head around cricket? I, I need to, to get my head around cricket, obviously. <laughs> I, need to, <laughs> I need to learn that game. I need to, to watch it and study it. But I definitely, that's one of the things I would like to uh, be a part of while I'm here. Really? Well, sure. well, we can help you out in that regard, obviously. Uh, we saw Andrew Gaze there. Is mm -hmm. he the most enthusiastic coach you've worked with? Definitely one of, but he, he's definitely a character, but a competitor first. And uh, I think that's a lot, of, a lot of what everyone sees. And he has a... A good time on the floor and he definitely gets us going and and you know he's all over the place but he's great for us and uh you know our personalities and and a, a great player coach so he's been amazing to play under tony mentioned the fact that you've had an amazing career two championships with the la lakers for um people that are watching that weren't aware six or seven years ago it was an amazing roster you had kobe bryant lamar odom was playing met a world peace i think you played with for a season it was ron. i think he was ron at the time he was ron was he yeah, yeah. Think, but the one the, time, the one yeah. character or, or the one personality i wanted to ask you about was the coach phil jackson mm -hmm. tell us a phil story what, what was phil like as a coach uh the zen master of course um so my, my first year, um, I remember uh, we, we had a little stretch where we were winning games, um, but they were kind of ugly wins. And I uh, came in one morning and you, you smell something. It's like a burning smell and you're like wondering what's going on. And, you know, Phil's just slowly walking around the entire practice facility with Sage and he's like, Got to get rid of the evil spirits. Like really, that's kind of crazy. So he, you know, he went from doing the sage. So we had a film session, and we get into the film session. This was my first time meditating, so I didn't know what was going on. He comes in there, and he's got his sexy voice going, and he's talking to us, and he cuts the lights down, and he's like, "Close your eyes." <laughs> Imagine that you're somewhere, and I was just like, "Oh, this is crazy." So. That's one of my good choices. Uh, Phil, he, he, not only is he a great coach and obviously what he does there, but he's also good at making it look like he hasn't been snubbed by Kobe. As you see in this vision here, which is terrific, uh, going down the line, everybody getting a bit of a fist bump. I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> not just one side. I'll go the other as well. Not always meant to happen. Hey, Josh, what... We... You know, you have to work so hard to get to the NBA, and we see so many films <laughs> said about, you know, kids trying... <laughs> <laughs> 
What was it like? We see so many films about kids trying to get to that stage and, and you achieve that. Do you remember your first NBA game? What's that experience like when you know that you've achieved what you've set out to do, when so many people don't? I mean, for me, honestly, uh, just coming from where I'm from, and um, I had a long road. I mean, I went uh, undrafted and uh, I, I, I've been cut and had to get back in. And, uh, you know, it just, it just makes you that much more appreciative for, you know, the opportunity and, and you know, the hard work and the fight and, and everything that comes with it. And, you know, no matter if it was my first year up to my seventh or eighth year, I, I was grateful for, for every time I got a chance to step on the floor and do something I love to do. Josh, that theme's interesting because, like, you've been open about at times when you could barely afford food and even sleeping in your car. What was the toughest point you reached? Is there any month or day where you thought, oh, this is, is rock bottom? Um... Now? <laughs> <laughs> Answering your uh, question, it was a lot of tough times. I mean, it, it was interesting because um, my mother um, read the article and she was upset. Really? And um, I, I just had to explain to her, like, there's no knock against you as a parent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, you did the best that you could do for us, and I'm grateful for that. But me telling my story was not to talk about the struggles, it was more to motivate or inspire somebody else that could be going through the same thing, you know, because we all come from different backgrounds, we all come from different walks. And the whole reason why I wanted to really share my story was because you never know somebody else that could be going through something and they could be at a point where they wanna stop or quit or something, but it's, you gotta keep fighting, you gotta keep going, you know. Enjoyment is a big one for you as well. And, you know, at this stage of your career coming here to Australia, but you seem to really... At the Sydney Kings, you're loving it already. You're taking videos with the boys, singing, you know, in the change rooms. And we saw that at the start of the show, you went to a driving range and couldn't hit the ball with a golf club, so you just picked it up and threw it. <laughs> this is the... I love this celebration. <laughs> but you seem to be really enjoying yourself here, Josh. A great a bunch of boys and really, really enjoying your time. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is my 14th year playing, and, um, you know, it's, it's not often that you're able to have an entire group of good guys, um, a coaching staff that's amazing, and, you know, the, everybody's on the same page, as you can see, but when I, it's funny because the first, the first, the first time uh, when we got our first win in, uh, against the Hawks and that song, I was, like, in shock. Like, I didn't really say nothing. I was just smiling the whole time because I was like, what is going on here? And then the, when we got the second win, I was like, I just got to capture this moment because so many different personalities mm. and a lot of times, you know, the, the supporters, the fans, the city or whomever may not get to see a certain side of certain guy. So for me, that's why I wanted to show it. What you did know. you know of the Sydney Kings and, and Andrew Gaze before coming over? Was it Andrew that gave you a call? I knew about, uh, you know, the, the city of Sydney. Um, I knew about, you know, how it is as, as a country here and... Um, just all the great things that I've heard. I mean, I didn't really know too much about the basketball side of it. Um, but this this is a, a talented league. Don't don't get it twisted. I understand that, you know, it may not be as popular, but it is it is a great league with a lot of talent. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of, of the NBL and, and the Sydney Kings and for the opportunity. And how far can the Kings go? They, as we said, they get climbed from the floor from last season, sitting there at the top. Uh, how confident are you as a unit? I think, you know, the, the goal is to, to, to win a championship. And um, 
You know, I, I, I think that if we didn't aim for the best, then we shouldn't be doing what we're doing at the end of the day. The mannequin challenge, I don't know if we just got quickly, you might be able to show that. I don't know if you were part of it, but certainly the crowd got into it. This is brilliant. This is before at King's College. Y'all miss it. Hold on, y'all. Now, that's, that is great. Isn't don't get me good? wrong. But you know, we did a mannequin challenge. Did, did you? you? Yeah, we did one that, that I posted that we went to a promo and did that one first. Yeah. Then we followed up With the to crowd. show... Mm -hmm. Everybody in Sydney come and come out and do that. Well, that was amazing, by the way. Though. We're going to get that out and play that we uh, should, a bit later on. Because those kids did an amazing job. And what well, you're doing an amazing job, Harris, are the Kings. Get along and see them. I think next home game is against the 36ers. Uh, Monday, it's at uh, Kudos Bank Arena, 7 p.m. That's the home game. Josh Powell, what an honour and a privilege to talk to you. Thanks so much for dropping in. Thank you, Thanks, guys. Josh. I appreciate there it. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Coming up, our champ of the week. That's next. Stick around. <laughs> Welcome back. As you mentioned at the top of the show, Fab Duplessis has been found guilty of that ball tampering charge. Crash, to the specifics of what his, uh, his penalty is? Yes, it's 100% of his match fee tone, which yeah. is the penalty you get when you don't get a penalty. Like, uh, I'll say it again, I think it's gutless. He knew the risks, he knew the rules, he flagrantly just uh, behaved badly since that incident. And he got off lightly. So good luck to him. But I think once again, soft justice rules increase. Unlike the South Africans, you didn't sugarcoat that. <laughs> exactly what you thought. Kiwi sports people are stoic, as we know, and so are the sports presenters, as you can see here. A game of hockey, everything going good. That make as these sprinklers come on. Obviously, I think in the Thursday night game, touched another ball. They don't know if they continue <laughs> for the next well, round of worst <laughs> Well done, love it. All right, it's time now for our champ of the week. Look, I don't know which is the greater honour, being our champ of the week or winning the Australian Rally Championship. What's more, Molly Taylor has become the first woman to hold the national title after winning a three-day event in Coffs Harbour. She's regarded as the world's best female rally driver at 28. She's beaten all comers for the Australian title. Plenty of glory still to come. So congratulations. She is our champ of the week. But sadly, uh, that's where we have to leave you for this evening. Thank you all very much for your contribution and you. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of Fox Sports.